Hey guys, welcome to Stark Raving Madness. I'm Lex. And I'm Britt. And today we have some exciting news starting out with. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be dropping a two parter episode. Because it's a pretty big case. It's, it's a pretty, pretty long. It's a pretty big serial killer that yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure everybody knows about. No, it's not Dahmer or. Uh, Bundy, that was the other yeah, one. Yeah, that was the other yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, he is—he is up there in the three that you would know. So, uh, we'll drop part one tomorrow sometime. Yeah. Yeah. And Brittany and I are dividing up the case duties because it is—it is huge. Oh yeah. It is definitely huge. But it'll be good. Yeah, it will be. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be the next one that we covered, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a that's a huge case. Yeah. But also guys Britt and I are reconnected again we are reunited she's no longer in Colorado and I'm no longer in hell so yes. <laughs> I mean I'm still in hell now she's just in hell with me yes <laughs> so uh yeah she actually when'd you come back what the other night uh I don't know I was at work yeah my day's mushing to one because yeah. all I do is work sleep yeah, you're on night shift now. Yeah, so. yeah. So. <laughs> we always surprise you guys with a. It's a. It's kind of a mini drop, I guess, on a case. Um, I was interested in it because it's still unsolved today. Yeah. That tells you guys anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess we're gonna jump right into that. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about the disappearance of Caitlin Atkins, and I think her story is really interesting. Brit, you might. I've never heard it. Yeah, she didn't really get it. Didn't get a lot of press. Um, I know I listened to the podcast. This is one of the first few episodes I did, and it like caught my attention. Yeah. <clears throat> of this case, and then I did some more research. I think they added in a few more things because there was a few things that I found that I didn't know about. So I'm yeah. thinking they might have had like a few updates and stuff. Because that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I mean, this is this is an old case. It happened like. 2015. Is I mean, it like solved, unsolved? It's unsolved. Okay. It's still unsolved. Yeah, yeah. It has. They don't know. Yeah. Not that hasn't been unsolved. Yeah. Most of the ones we have. Oh, Tamil Horseford. Yeah. We just true. speculated what happened to her. Yeah. I mean, pretty sure they killed her, but that's yeah. just my speculation. But I want to get your opinion on this one because yeah. I have a pretty strong belief that. Right. Okay. So. <clears throat> On December 5th, 2015, uh, Caitlin Atkins disappeared after she was supposed to return home to Arizona from visiting family in, uh, I think it's Spotsylvania County, Virginia, but she never made it to the airport, as we're going to come to find out. Okay. So, Caitlin was born September 2nd, 1996. She grew up in Caroline County, Virginia, with a sister, Gab Gabrielle. Um, Caitlin's mother, Lisa, married James Brandt when she was seven years old <clears throat> and Caitlin's friends described her as unique and quirky. She dyed her hair different colors, changed her hair by cutting it, and had many tattoos and piercings. So basically you when you were 14. 
Okay, yeah. <laughs> Minus the piercings. Yeah, I was about to say. But apparently that right here you need. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so Kayla. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it does, <laughs> but I'm just like, now that that's what that is, you know, where I was like, oh, you're unique because you dye your hair. Yeah, basically. You know, you were artsy and just yeah. different. That's all I can You were different. Well, shallow chicken baby. My little chicken baby. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> So, Kaylin asked her mother if she could graduate from high school early. And so, when she was uh, 15, she took classes to complete her junior and senior year of high school. And she graduated when she was 16, which I thought was really cool. Like, that shows a lot of initiative yeah. to be like, hey, I just want to be fucking done. You know, plus you got to be somewhat smart, like, right, yeah. to graduate. Yeah, most people can't just do that. Yeah, I, I know I did. And I failed math three times my freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only ever did geometry and uh, algebra. I didn't take anything else because I failed it. I failed algebra three times. <laughs> nah, not my, not my strong receipt. I had to get it right. I had to get it right in order to graduate. Anyway, so according to her friends, um, Caitlin's home life was kind of like far from perfect, and most likely the reason that Caitlin wanted to start. Her life so quickly um according to her close friend kevin which we'll hear from him again later um caitlin flat out did not trust her stepfather james and said that he was excusive excusive abusive to some extent but not really he she didn't really give details she did she just like allured to the fact that he was abusive okay yeah and during that time uh Caitlin's best friend was a girl named Amber Rios. And when they were 11, Amber and her family moved from Virginia to Arizona. And the two girls remained close, uh, talking every day despite the difference. Because, you know, <clears throat> Arizona to Virginia is pretty far. Yeah. I can't think of a friend that I have now besides Jessica that I still talk to that moved away. That's true. And she's in Georgia. That's two hours away. I can't imagine from Virginia to uh, Arizona. Yeah. So the two girls, you know, they remained close, and eventually, as they got older, they realized their friendship was kind of blossoming into something more. And in December of 2014, when Caitlin turned 18, she moved to Arizona to be with Amber, and soon after that, they became engaged. <clears throat> and Caitlin remained uh, in close contact with her family, and she spoke to her mother and her sister two or three times a day. And while she was in Arizona, Caitlin decided that she wanted to be a cosmetologist. And when she went to register for a local school, they told her that she would need a copy of her high school diploma, which was back in Virginia, obviously. Yeah. So, Caitlin decides to take a trip home in December of 2015 to pick it up and see her sister, uh, Gabby, is what she went by, who had just had a little uh, baby, a boy named Landon. So, she was kind of going back for the diploma, but... From what I could gather, that wasn't like the main reason. The yeah. main reason was she wanted to meet her nephew. Yeah. So okay. it would be a short trip. Unfortunately, she would land in Virginia on December first and return to Arizona on the fifth. She wanted to stay longer, but she was to start school on the seventh. And during her visit, she was able to spend time with her family and even managed to hang out with some high school friends, which aren't really named. I I look for names because they kind of play. <clears throat> kind of a, a, a weird part in this whole thing, but I could never find a name. All I know is it's a guy and a girl, and okay. they're a couple. And on December 4th, Caitlin visited those friends from high school, and they hung out, and they drank, and they played cards. And Caitlin stayed the night, 
And the next morning, the couple drove her back to her mother's place, and she was able to spend time with her mother's sister and nephew before she left. So on December 5th, Caitlin needed to ride to the airport. Now, her mother, Lisa, had to work that day, and Caitlin's flight was at 5.40 p.m. So once, you know, Caitlin had moved away and she came back, in that time, Lisa and James, the stepfather, had gotten divorced. Yeah. They were still kind of like on good terms. Like it was still friendly. They were, they still lived kind of relatively close to each other. Yeah. They were still talked. So, you know, Lisa asked her, him if he could take her and he agreed. And so she dropped Caitlin off at 9.20 a.m. And so, like I said, Lisa and James, they were on good terms. And even though like the relationship between Caitlin and James was said to be strained, um, he was really the only father figure she knew because her real father walked out when she was three. Okay. So, you know, even though he was kind of, it was kind of a strained relationship, she, that was all she had. Yeah. So, and when Lisa dropped her off, she recalled that James was very happy to see Caitlin. Um, they were talking about her cosmetology school and like her diploma and how school was going. And they even talked about Amber and all this stuff. And James also had to work that day, but his shift wasn't until three. So he decided to drop her off at the airport just a, a smidget early, apparently, according to him. It was like, I just dropped her off a little bit early. Yeah. But according to James, Caitlin asked to be dropped off at the Springfield Mall Metro Station, which was two stops from the Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. James also claimed that Caitlin wanted to kill some time before her flight. And then he said that she was going to all to the, uh, I don't know what that word is. The, I don't know what I typed. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the Francesonia Springfield Metro Station and take a train to the airport. I think I wrote down the wrong word there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so Lisa was, yeah, Lisa was very confused about this because she said that her daughter had never really been on the Metro and didn't know why Caitlin would do that or why he would allow that. And so this is a text exchange between them. Because a lot of this case has to do with um, text conversations. Okay. So at 1.52 p.m. that afternoon, uh, James texted Lisa to say that he had dropped Caitlin off. Their text exchange was as follows. James said, I dropped Caitlin off. And Lisa said, okay, thank you. And then she asked, how was the traffic? And James responded, not too bad. So a few minutes after that text, Lisa received a text from Caitlin saying, I'm at the airport. My battery's dying. I won't be able to text her a bit. But Lisa later learned that Caitlin sent her fiance Amber a totally different text earlier at like 11.56 a.m. It said, something came up. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I get a new flight. I won't be able to text her a bit. And Amber thought that this was super strange. And so, and so I had a character for Caitlin. So she reached out to Lisa. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. She texted who? Okay. So Caitlin apparently texted her fiance Amber. That she said something came up. I'm not coming back today. I'll let you know when I get a new flight. I won't be able to text her a bit. But she had just texted her mom saying that she was on the flight, airport dying, won't be able to text you. Yeah. So, you know, Amber thought this was strange and she reached out to Lisa. Lisa was confused <laughs> when she, when Amber texted her that Caitlin wasn't coming home because she was under the impression her daughter was already on the way home. Yeah. Okay. Right. So Lisa continued to call and text Caitlin, but got no answer. Like radio silence, which is apparently weird because 
Kaylin was always on the phone. Yeah. Always answered her phone, always answered texts, calls, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So, hours later, at 7.15 p.m., Lisa received the last two texts she would ever receive from her daughter, or who they think was her daughter. Yeah. The text said, I'm staying with a friend, and then they said, I need some time alone. And Lisa immediately pulled over and called her daughter, but she was sent straight to voicemail. Her phone had apparently been turned off. Okay. So she's she's concerned yeah. for many reasons. Obviously. Uh, the timing of the text meant that Caitlin had missed her flight, and she wasn't answering when she knew that her mother was distressed, which Lisa said was never like her. Like, Caitlin just didn't do this. Yeah. And the text didn't sound like her. And, you know, like, I've always said, like, you text a certain way. Like, I can tell when it's you. And when it has been like Ethan or in the past, it had been an ex-boyfriend texting for you. Yeah. I could tell when it's you. Yeah. I mean, always like everybody has yeah. Ways like to yeah. Sure. Like I know like when it doesn't sound right. So yeah. like I completely <laughs> understand that, you know. And uh, you know, she said that her daughter just doesn't send back-to-back texts. Yeah. She said that she'll wait. She'll send one. She'll wait to respond, and then she'll send another. So sending the two texts that she got were back-to-back. They had no emojis, nothing. Caitlin used a lot of emojis, and she never did back-to-back texts. So this is red flags all over the place with her mom, which, you know, understandable. Me, on the other hand, I send 18 text messages when I could have just sent one. (laughs) I don't wait for you. Yeah, yeah. I know. No, I'm sorry. You love it. Uh, So right before Lisa had received these texts, Amber, you know, the fiance, she received a strange message on Facebook. In it, Caitlin said that she couldn't come back because she had cheated on Amber. But even Amber said that, again, it didn't sound like Caitlin. Besides, you know, Amber and Caitlin hadn't had any troubles. And even if Caitlin had cheated, she would have discussed it and not just run run off. You know, earlier that day, she seemed normal. And now her behavior seemed bizarre. And no one could really explain why. So meanwhile, James was sticking to the story that he had dropped Caitlin off at the mall that afternoon and she seemed totally fine. However, in the following days of Caitlin's disappearance, her family and friends desperately tried to get a hold of her, calling her on a regular basis. You know, phone records later showed that the only person who did make a single attempt to call or text her was James. Which I, I get that they were broken up and, you know, divorced and stuff, but it is still a yeah, little weird that you're not trying. Right. And so on December 7th of 2015, two days after uh, Caitlin failed to board her flight, um, Lisa went to the local police station and filed a missing persons report. And while she was filling out the paperwork, the police received a phone call. So the police took Lisa to an interview room. A road crew had found Lisa's uh, not Lisa, sorry, had found Caton's blue suitcase in a drainage ditch uh, in the 66,000 block of Riverside River Road outside Fredsburg. Fred, Fred, uh, Fredericksburg. Virginia. Thank you, Brittany. I'm having some tongue tiedness right here. So that it's location. Old. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So that location was absolutely nowhere near Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. That's a mouthful. I'm just going to call it the airport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, it was more than 50 miles south of the airport, but it was just a few miles from where James lived. Okay. Okay. So Caitlin's ID, wallet, glasses, cash, phone charger, and her credit and debit cards were still inside her luggage. But her phone, her some clothing, and her high school diploma were missing. Oh, and yeah, the detective said that the suitcase was scuffed up and one of the wheels was missing. So they kind of thought that it had been like thrown out of a moving vehicle. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So I don't think that rough was at the airport. Right. So the police also discovered that Caitlin had a conversation on social media with someone on December 5th, which is the day she went missing, where she said, I don't want to be here and I don't want to be there. So they were thinking that this could have meant that Caitlin didn't want to be in Virginia or Arizona. I looked for any kind of proof that this was like a thing and I only found it in like two other articles, but I couldn't find who it was between. Yeah. And what's to say that that wasn't somebody whoever took her you know that were sending those texts yeah who's to say that, that wasn't just trying to cover their ass you know so kind of the police kind of thought that maybe she had ran away but they didn't really think that her suitcase like why would end up in a ditch if that was the case you know and really well, why yeah, did she run away <laughs> like if she was running away from her fiance she could have just stayed home like why did she have to run away from her family yeah Especially because they were close. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make it sense to me. Yeah. So, you know, as mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Caitlin had spent that night in Virginia partying with a friend from high school, the couple, you know. So later, <clears throat> Caitlin told her friend Kevin, you know, the one that told us about the dad and stuff, that the three of them had been drinking and things had gotten out of hand. Now, a direct quote from him, he said, that it was kind of a hard thing to describe, really. From what she told me, they were all drinking together, and then they proceeded to, how do I phrase it? I guess to kind of force themselves onto her. What? Yeah, so Caitlin had apparently texted Kevin saying, her boyfriend got really, really drunk, and then she kissed me, and then he kissed me. They did everything to me and each other. And apparently, Caitlin spent the next morning racked with guilt because she thought she cheated on her fiancé, according to Kevin. Yeah. And she apparently texted him saying I don't know how to feel about anything or anything I've been depressed and crying all day so that couple later told the police that they had had a drunken threesome and regretted the next morning you know so that kind of explains where that Facebook message came from yeah, yeah. but like still not enough reason to like run away you no, know or no, anything I mean, like that so Amber her fiance wasn't buying into this. Um, on November 30th, the day before uh, Caitlin had left for Virginia, you know, Amber updated her profile picture on Facebook. It was a picture of the happy couple on the beach. And then there was nothing until December 9, four days later, after Caitlin went missing. Uh, she posted Caitlin's missing poster, and then five days later, she uploaded another one. So she's pretty much just heartbreaking over this, you know, like she chooses, like she doesn't think that Caitlin would have just ran away. And I yeah, kind of understand, yeah. you know, I mean, it still doesn't make sense. no, I could understand like if you, whatever had happened, whether it was a drunken threesome or that couple forced himself on her, whatever. Yeah. From what it, everybody has said, Caitlin would have talked to Amber about it before just, you know, 
running off. And maybe she felt guilty, but there's just so, there's some weird things that, like, I don't believe that she just ran away. No. Like, why would she leave her suitcase? Why not take the cash at least out of her wallet? Her ID, right, because people were arguing. Well, people were saying that she ran away and was starting over. That's why she left her ID and her credit card and stuff. That would leave a paper trail. But she could have taken the cash. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like she literally was just starting. Like, I don't understand why you would leave clothes. Well, she took some of them. She took some of them. Oh, okay. Okay. But she left her phone charger, but why take the phone and not the phone charger? Why would you take a phone, period? If you're trying to go off the grid, right, right. So, you know, it was weeks after Caitlin disappeared before they were able to get, the police were able to get their hands on phone recordings. Phone records, sorry. So, these records told a completely different story than the one James had been telling. So, just before 2 p.m. on the day that Caitlin disappeared, Lisa received a text from uh, Caitlin's phone. You know, the I'm at the airport, battery dying, so it won't be able to text her a bit. But <clears throat> at that exact moment, Caitlin's phone pinged at a location more than 30 miles from the Springfield Metro stop where she dropped her off. And when Lisa's ex husband texted her at 1 52 p.m., saying he had just dropped Caitlin off at the airport, his cell phone pinged close to his house. So, this is nowhere near the mall or the airport, you know. Yeah. It's weird. So, it also appears as though all of James's cell phone activity that day came from his house. And the police necessarily don't believe that Caitlin ever left the area around her former, father's step, her former stepfather's home. So, and, you know, as for her last, me- her last text message, the ones at 7.15 p.m., yeah. Um, they, the messages pinged off a tower in Stafford County, less than 15 miles from where her, her suitcase was found. And, you know, they don't know if it was her or not, necessarily. Um, because none of it makes sense. <laughs> where the, like, cell phone towers don't lie. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're made to do. Right, to ping. So, like, it, I don't I don't know. And there were also other inconsistencies in uh, James's version of events. He claimed that he had dropped Caitlin off early because he had to work that Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. But the police found out that he never showed up. And he apparently never worked there again. He didn't work for six months, and then when he... Yeah, and then when he did get back to work, it was with a different company. Yeah, and he always... Right. So, you know, she had no history of mental illness, no just case of ever just simply disappearing. And, you know, that last confirmed sighting of her was at James's home before she was supposed to be headed for the airport. They can't ever confirm that he was anywhere near the airport because they never were able to find surveillance photo of Caitlin or James at either the mall or the metro. <clears throat> and they, you know, after they discovered that, they focused all their attention on James. But they didn't really get anywhere with it. You know, he refused to cooperate with the police. He would not give them the password to his cell phone, and he refused to take a polygraph test. Although, <clears throat> to be fair, James said that he would initially take a polygraph test on December 29th of that year, <clears throat> to clear his name but after talking to a lawyer he was like no and um it was on that day that was supposed to happen that he called the detective and he was like no 
he basically said it's not going to help me so there's no point in doing it and you know that led lisa and the family to kind of be like well that's that's weird you know yeah they did get a you know police did get a search warrant for james's home Okay. And they took a number of guns, electronics, and a sample of his DNA, but nothing led them back to Caitlin. And oddly enough, James never asked to get any of his possessions back. If the cops, Wait, yeah, if the cops raided my house, you would think he would be like, okay, I need my stuff back, but he didn't ask for it back. So the cops are like, that's weird. That like, weird. why aren't you, Maybe you know? Maybe he just doesn't care. Right. Right. So, according to Lisa, um, James didn't have really many friends, and the only person who might have helped him would have been his mother. And she lived nearby. And yeah, she lived nearby in another home that James owned. But the police never searched their property, and they can't because he owns the property and has access to it. But his mother is a tenant, so they can't do anything about it. Yeah. So it's um that I thought that was really interesting. And you know Lisa has not let James like he she views him as like a suspect. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's been years and stuff. Yeah, it's been it's been years since she disappeared and they actually found a letter on uh that she wrote to him on October 10th of 2017. And it says, James, I don't know why you won't talk to me or anyone else. If you were innocent, you would have talked already. I'm not sure how you can live with yourself. You haven't tried to help find her. Does it bother you at all that she is missing? It has been two years, James, and I need answers. You owe me that much. You have known her since she was nine years old. I thought you loved her and us. This is not showing that at all. You need to talk. Do you care at all? You are acting like a coward. I trusted you, James. Why didn't you just drop Caitlin off at the airport? Caitlin trusted you, James. What did you do to her? You know Caitlin would have never would have never just ever leave like that with no contact. She have missed I think she meant to say has. She has missed all of Landon's milestones. That's not fair to her or Landon, me, Gabby, all of us. This will never go away until she is found, Lisa. And she left that on his, uh, like, doorstep, basically. And was like, you piece of shit. And she still is an advocate. Like, I think there's, like, a, I found, like, a Facebook page. And her mother is still, like, you know, he, she didn't just run away, you know, like. Yeah. Something's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and like the thing is, is nobody knows if she's dead or alive. Yeah, that's the thing is, they found no body. They didn't find any kind of evidence that she was alive. There was no blood, but they didn't find anything that she was dead. Yeah, they just found that suitcase. Yeah, and how? Like, how does that happen? Even if he did kill her, like, where's the body, and how did he get away with it? But it, it does say that he lives on a rural area, so like he could have yeah, like buried her like twenty miles away from the house. Yeah. And I mean, yes, I know it's been what six years now? Two thousand fifteen? No, five years. It's been five years. Math, Lex. Almost six. Almost six. We still have no answers. 
Yeah. None. And I think that's the, the shittiest part of that is because we will never know what happened to her. They must definitely need to look into the case again before something happens with them. Right. I think the father did it. Or the stepfather. I mean, there, yeah. There's like no doubt in my mind that he... There's no reason for him to be acting like that. Right. Because I mean... Okay. Okay, so like, I'm just saying, like, person to see, and and her, and most of those texts pinged near his house. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Just, that's I just want to know, like, why? Yeah, like, his and went to his house after killing her, and then doing some shit to him, and then him not saying anything about it. I I just, just I, I find that really huge, that's huge, huge stretch. Yeah, huge I find that really stretch. hard to believe. Yeah. I I just like but why like what happened in that car ride for him to be like I gotta fucking kill her <clears throat> like like the mom was saying I'm happy like he was happy to see her like this was great they were getting along you know they seemed genuinely happy but then like she leaves they get in the car and then what he kills her like what happened like what I don't understand. I don't get it, and that's what drives me crazy about these cases that go unsolved is you don't know what happened to them. Yeah. And there's not a lot of information about her. Not, not a lot at all, yeah. So, I don't know, I just felt like, you know, sometimes you need to get the word out. It's been five years, maybe somebody will come forward you know yeah say something so something like like you know whatever i know like i said like i know there's a facebook page like like for most people of uh, missing people or you know uh injustice sites like tamla horseford she has a a justice for tamla page and yeah. i think i'm pretty sure caitlin has a, a page it's like bring caitlin home or something like that even if they find her body like give the family answers like that, that's the least they just you know they deserve that oh, yeah. so i agree completely it just, it just pisses me off. Unsolved cases are the shittiest ones. Right. That's why I hate covering them because. Well, I guess you're gonna get pretty aggravated then because I cover a lot of them. Because yeah, I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like I need to get it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, people don't talk about it anymore, and like that's bullshit. These people are still missing. Their family deserves answers. Exactly. And it's like actually in the case that we're talking about tomorrow, there are six people that have never been identified. Oh yeah. That yeah. that no, the, the police don't know who who they are, and like they need to be brought to justice too like they need their family needs to know that it's them so but that's all we have for you guys uh join us tomorrow for that two-parter that we're gonna have it's gonna be crazy yeah it's a big drop and as always thank you guys for your support yeah thank you um you can check us out on facebook at stark raving madness podcast uh check us out on twitter what's our twitter and twitter handle uh, Stark Raving Madness P. Okay, and then yeah, and as then always, Spotify. Instagram. Oh, yeah. Instagram. Yeah, we did. We did. Stark Raving Madness Podcast. And uh, you can find us on Spotify under yeah, Stark. Yeah, we're on, on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can even check out the Anchor page. Yeah, we're actually thinking about getting a Patreon started for the few people for that sure. we have. And if you guys want, you can be a supporter on our Anchor page. You can drop 99 cent donation, whatever. So it would, for you guys, it would help out 
kind of upgrade podcasts. The equipment so we can stop sounding so fucking echoey. Yeah. You know. Well, right now we're so echoey because we're Brittany's mom. Yeah, she just moved, and this is like an empty room, but there was no else for us to record quietly. So here we are. Uh, but seriously, just all the support that you guys have shown us just by listening, because like we're seeing the views go up, we really appreciate y'all. Just check us out. Like always, hit up our website. We're still working on that mobile version, um, but y'all can view it on a laptop if y'all wanted to. Uh, even just follow us on Facebook. We keep- yeah, we will have the mobile version out by tomorrow night. Yeah, and we keep everything updated. We're gonna try to start dropping hints on the next episodes, like upcoming episodes. Like we're really trying to get in the swing of things because. You know we're seeing that there's views and we want to keep if y'all guys are liking it we want to keep pushing it out for y'all because brit and i we enjoy this yeah like this is this is something that we enjoy doing what we do in our spare time and honestly it feels like we're having conversations with people right now it's covid we don't get to do that yeah besides with each other so it's right. kind of nice, we get to meet you guys, we get to and conversate. And Britt doesn't judge me when I go off on a serial killer tangent about how they, like what they did wrong, because I think they're stupid and exactly. idiotics, but everybody else thinks I'm crazy, and Britt doesn't. And I guess <laughs> you guys don't either, because y'all are listening, so thank y'all. Yeah. But we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much.